everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. Today, I'm here with Emily Boss. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I just zoned out for a minute. Hi. <laughs> no, it's okay. Usually I say something, but we've been talking about how to actually introduce you, and you are a farrier, but you're also like so much more than that. You are, I would say, a very inspirational horse person to me. Uh, you're also like what I would categorize as a wild woman. <laughs> and like, and that's like a really, like, I admire that very much because you're a photographer. Yeah. I would definitely consider you a wild photographer. You do a yeah. lot in nature and you're kind of like an explorer. Is that right? Maybe. <laughs> well, it depends on how, when you count as an explorer, how many places you have had to explore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will I'm gonna yeah. count you as an explorer because I think uh from seeing your photos I definitely think you are and yeah you just overall very much inspire me oh a lot of you also might know her as what's your Instagram account your uh, liberty account? horse was the horse Instagram uh but now it's uh songs of yes. the wild yes uh that's how I got to know yeah. you actually like initially just over the internets I really am interested in the adventuring yeah. you've been doing. Uh, we were just talking about how you used to be kind of this big figure to me on Instagram with the horsemanship world, training world, and you kind of got off of that and kind yeah. of moved away from that and started, to me, like posting all of these really beautiful and inspiring photos of your venturing out into the wild. Yeah, I pretty much got bored with a whole horse thing for a while. And I, I've i never been one to be, like, obsessed with my phone and social media. So even though I had a, like, okay large account and it was fun for a while, I just felt like if I don't think it's fun anymore, why should I continue? So I just stopped that and I started posting photos that I was passionate about, even though it's had nothing to do with gaining followers anymore. That really inspires me because we were just talking about Instagram went through kind of the change, yeah. like with the algorithm changing. And, and also I think the culture of the horse aspect on it just kind of took a shift. And for me, I think it was at the same time that my horsemanship started to take a little bit of a shift and I started feeling less inspired to post. And I'm very grateful for Instagram because it makes these connections like me yeah. talking to you now. I wouldn't have ever known to reach out if it wasn't for Instagram, but um, I think it was easy to get swept into posting on Instagram for the sake of posting. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt at the time. Yeah. And so you, I really admired you when you kind of stopped and you uh, took this new route. I was really um, intrigued by that. And I started following you on your other account, that is your photography. And uh, just ever since then, I think I've been pretty, really curious about what you've been doing <laughs> and, <laughs> and how things are. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much went and lived under a rock. <laughs> so... At the time I quit Instagram, I also moved away from my parents' home uh, because when I graduated high school, I was home for about a week and then I moved 
about 50 miles north uh, on my own. So I also moved away from my friends and photography friends, and I didn't know anyone here. So there was no way for me to get new photos, even if mm -hmm. I wanted to. Um, so I, that's not the only reason I quit Instagram, uh, but it made it so much easier uh, because my nature photography, I can do that whenever I want. I don't need anybody's permission or help to do it. And there's another kind of freedom to it. Uh, the horse stuff, it was always staged. Uh, it was like, okay, we're going to shoot this day. I'm going to do uh, this things with my horse. I'm going to be in this place. I'm probably going to use uh, these clothes and stuff like that. But uh, wilderness photography was more, I'm just going to take my camera, take my car, go into the mountains and see what happens. And I, I liked that about it. It was freedom. And I also felt no pressure for people to like it. Uh, as I did with the horse pictures, because I posted them uh, based on how cool my horse looked and not really like how which were the best like mm -hmm. photography wise. And uh, I had done that for such a long time, so I just felt uninspired. I really relate, especially to, I think recently I've been really um, focused on authenticity in a new way and you yeah. know, for so long, all of the horsemanship I was doing was very, very authentic to me at that time. And, but as that's kind of shifted and as I've started to change, the posing for photos in that same way has also, like, my drive to do that has shifted. So I really relate to the freedom of just going out and, and taking things that are a little more raw and a little more wild in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's an amazing thing. I think the most magical photos come from when you are really passionate about it and it, something happens by chance. Like uh, the cloud, the clouds move away and the sun rays go through it and creates this beautiful image that you can capture with your camera and uh, stuff like that. You know, you find a wild animal, you can take pictures of that doesn't really happen that excitement doesn't really exist when it comes to like that kind of horse pictures that I personally used to take at least yeah and I would imagine like there was a time when you know taking those kind of photos all the time really inspired me and then yeah and then you know things just shift and I think for me it's really been honoring like where I'm at and what actually inspires me in the moment and not to be doing it for something like likes on Instagram or what we think we should be posting, which is such an easy thing to fall into, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like I was so horse crazy in my teens. And then when I turned like 19, 20, I started having other in interests too. And that was, for me, it was hiking and uh, going into the wild and uh, photography and stuff like that. So... I couldn't really keep putting out an image that horses was my entire life when that wasn't true. Horses maybe became 30% of my life instead of like 90 as it was before. So it didn't feel authentic in the end. 
I guess. So that, that's really interesting to me because I wonder if that was ever hard for you to, to take um, in the sense that I think for me in some ways, like if my identity is so wrapped up in something in the way that it's been wrapped up in horses before, like facing that, even that my interests are changing has been, I've just felt resistance in myself. And I'm curious if you ever felt any resistance or if you just were really honest and open with yourself and just let it, you know, let your interests change. Yeah, I think I've always been really open with myself and let myself feel like it's okay not to be with my horse all the time and think of my horse all the time. Uh, he's still the most important thing in the world to me and it's always going to be. But especially when my other interest is going hiking for uh, several days or weeks, that means not being able to be with my horse or any horses or anything like that for that period of time. So with other interests, I guess you you can do both. But with mine, they kind of clash. Uh, so when I want to go on a long hiking trip, I'm always going to have to think of, okay, can I leave my horse for this long? Am I, go- am I going to be okay with that? He's probably going to be, uh, but can I be without horses for that long? Because I, I grew up with horses. I have always had horses like in school and stuff. So it's always been my entire life. I realized after a while when I was almost getting burnt out from horses pretty much um, that I had to put I had to let myself do other things to be able to give my horse what he needed Uh, because when I was almost burnt out I couldn't give my horse anything I could just go there to the stable and pet him and feed him and stuff like that I didn't have energy to do anything so I kind of realized to be able to keep this up and keep the relationship with my horse good I have to take a step back from everything else so I don't get tired of it I I really love that um and I admire you a lot for that because I feel like that's been that's been an interesting it, it's not a struggle but like a resistance in me that that I see in a lot of people too where if you are so focused and identified in one thing, you can almost hold on to it so tight that you do, you do burn out. And by not having other interests or by thinking like I'm kind of limited to this one aspect of my life, yeah, a lot of the passion can fade. And then sometimes we end up holding on to something that maybe once brought us a lot of joy and now feels very much like an obligation that that really drains you and that's something I never wanted to get to with my horses was where you know I've I've exhausted it so much or I've um, ignored my need for other interests so much that I burn out to the point where you know I, I don't find the joy in them anymore which I've seen in different trainers you know I've seen I've seen trainers get a little bit bitter towards horses. And, and I remember being young and talking to my aunt one time actually, and asking her why this one particular trainer didn't seem to like horses and why was she still training horses? And she just kind of explained to me that, you know, it's her work now and it's, it's her whole life. And of course, you know, 
like that it would be natural that that the love of horses has kind of shifted for her. And I remember thinking, I never, I never want that to happen. And yet as I, you know, got a little older and I got, you know, horses really came into my business and became a really huge part of my life. I, I could see how you could go down that road if you limit yourself to thinking it's your whole identity. So I really admire you um, for being so honest and free with yourself to let things just kind of naturally flow. It's it's like you didn't have the resistance I think sometimes we can have to even change in that way. Yeah, exactly. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. I think at, I, at a pretty young age, like 13, 14, I started changing my life. And since then, I've pretty much anything that's supposed to be just because it's supposed to be, society tells you to, I've always thought twice about. So um, why uh, do I keep going and doing things that are draining me? And why not do these other things instead, uh, even though they nothing might come of them more than my own joy for the moment. Uh, so I'm pretty okay with, I'm pretty forgiving with myself in that sense, because it began so many years ago. Uh, but I see in other people all the time uh, the fear of changing and seeing th- change as a bad thing and a scary thing uh, and clinging to something they used to do and the something that used to work but now in this day and age maybe don't work as well yeah even the changing of dreams i feel like is an interesting one yeah exactly i agree yeah i moved away from my parents home um very far north and i went to here to go to farrier school but there was a farrier school that i also uh, were accepted to that was much closer to home that I was initially planning on going to because it made more sense. But then I just I actually was on Google Maps one day and I was scrolling around and I found out that this school was in the north where I wanted to live because it's a much more wild place. So I just decided on the spot that, okay, I'm going to live there. So I went here and I decided I'm going to stay here a few years after I'm graduated as well uh, to work mm-hmm. because I love this place so much. Uh, and when I moved away from home, that was a pretty, it was the second second biggest city of Sweden. So it was not really city life, but kind of. So when I moved here, it was like a totally different life. It's on the countryside. There's an hour drive to go to the store or almost gas station. It's so, well, it's not a super small village, but still kind of secluded in a way. It's just surrounded with nature. That sounds really beautiful. Uh, Did you get to bring your horse with you there? Yeah, yeah, I brought him. I feel like I really wanted to talk to you on the podcast because there's something in your photos that comes through and maybe through what you, I don't know, just through your art in general that I feel like I get to get a little glimpse on through social media that 
feels so wild and feels so free to me. And I just had a feeling like, like that it must be in your spirit. Like you must have this, this freedom in you. And, and that's why I really wanted to talk to you. And now talking to you, I do like, even just your mindset on these, they feel so perfectly aligned with what I would consider wild in like the best sense. Yeah. Just like the wild woman. Uh, if I don't know if you've ever uh, heard the archetype of the wild woman, but, um, I just feel like that's you. And I'm kind of like, I want to take all of it in because I'm, I'm like so inspired by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've always been that way. Uh, but I, when I was a teenager, I started like appreciating nature more and more. And then I got more into uh, the like, idea of true wilderness not just like going for walks in the park or in like forests that are planted trees and stuff like that it was more like experiencing the real wild the way it's always been and uh, the most raw pretty much so i found beauty in that because that's what the earth is supposed to be and that's what created us so i feel like nature is my mother in a way so everything I am I owe nature and I want to spend as much time in nature as I possibly can because it's so beautiful and it's so interesting uh, it's always everything there's nothing boring about nature uh, there's so many different things happening all the time and there's really is nothing more beautiful Oh, I just love that so much. <laughs> I, I feel so with you on that. And I've been feeling such a call to the like true wilderness in that way recently. So I'm curious on your different, you know, treks out into, into nature and just how that is for you. And do you go alone and where do you go and what do you do? And just how is it for you? <laughs> Yeah, so since I turned 18, which was the first time I was allowed, <laughs> I have gone on one long solo trip every year. And then I've also gone on like smaller things throughout the season because it's so much uh, snow here. So a lot of the years, uh, the, a lot of the month in the year, you can't really go hiking. Uh, but, um, but those long trips every year, I've always done abroad and I was always done alone. And that's sort of a way to challenge myself to go seek out different kind of nature because I'm used to the wild we have in Sweden. I'm pretty confident with myself that I can um, thrive in this kind of uh, nature. But And it's also the way I challenge myself. It's also not only the nature part about it it's also you know traveling alone being in a different country alone and all that stuff so I always try to do what I'm afraid of and that's that used to be what I was afraid of I was super afraid of like airports and especially airports on my own mm -hmm. and like traveling alone you know all that stuff that goes with it uh, so it was a fear of that that made me start going abroad for hikes 
but then the actual hikes, that was more, you know, to see different kind of nature, experience different kind of wildlife, you know, like I've been to Canada and hiked, I've been to Sierra Nevada and there's uh, grizzly bears and black bears and we don't mm-hmm. have those in Sweden and, you know, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. So it was the, a little bit of the fear that I wanted to go past, but it was also like, I want to see what the wild is in, in other parts of the world, not only the wild that's in the Nordic countries. Mm-hmm. And do you camp? Do you go out and hike and camp? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I go out for several days. So I have a huge, huge backpack go for like one week. Then I pass a little town or something where I've sent myself a package with food and then I resupply and then I go on into the nature again. Oh, it's, it's just beautiful. It reminds me of just like, like you're making your own rituals for like your own rites of passage and your own like hero's journey in a way yeah (laughs) yeah I've always made it more more challenging every year not only uh, like the length of the trip so um, yeah you, you have to plan a lot more like for the food resupplies and that stuff uh but also like more challenging nature uh, like more secluded or more like where there are people which was also a new thing for me until last year and stuff like that so I always want to level up and I know I'm gonna have to stop doing that at some point because like I said like I said uh, going away for a long time also means leaving my horse for a long time um, but I always try to do things that I'm afraid of uh, and I always try to challenge myself I know I've said this so many times I just love that I'm I'm like soaking (laughs) this up so much um (laughs) I I would like to ask you a bit about which trips you've gone on but first I'm just so interested on the being alone aspect if that was ever a challenge for you in itself to go out by yourself and to you know I feel like sometimes especially when you're first doing it, going into that kind of isolation can be difficult because we're faced with these things that we're, we're not usually, um, like we're too distracted to look at. You know, I think there's a lot of things that if we're not actively comfortable in our own silence, um, when all of a sudden it is silent or we do tap inward, it can be overwhelming. And yeah just because we haven't there might be things we haven't dealt with you know um so I'm curious if that was ever something that was difficult for you in the beginning or if that was always very natural for you I'm not really had a problem with my own thoughts of being alone that period of time Uh, before I started solo hiking for uh, long periods of time I had a very like romantic idea of being alone in the wild and being one with nature. And then I, when I was 18, I went on my first uh, hike in the mountains. And it was the most dangerous thing I've ever done. I would never do that trail ever again alone because uh, it was super dangerous. And I didn't know that at the time. I thought I was king of the world. Um, 
But after a few days, I started realizing this is super dangerous. I could die many times a day if some something happened. Uh, not just something I, I, I did, but like, but I went through a lot of like avalanche prone areas and that stuff. Uh, so I think the fourth day of my first hike, then I had a breakdown. Uh, and I remember I had walked so far that day, I was super tired. Then I looked at the map when I thought I was on the place I was supposed to camp. Then I realized I have to go even further to stay on schedule. So I was super tired. Then I finally get to where I was supposed to camp. I see before me uh, the trail that leads uh, forward. And I see going over this massive mountain with like a lake below and a waterfall and it was all snow covered and I knew it's been like so many avalanches. So I was so scared. And I, when I was in the tent, I had to like keep down the tears. I have to fight so hard and not to start crying. And I remember I opened my phone case for some reason and there out falls out a lot of horse hairs. Uh, they always get into my phone and then I, I just everything like broke for me I started crying so much because <laughs> I was just missing my horse so much and I was all alone and I was like why do I do this I hate this I'm so scared but I couldn't go back because my family was supposed to pick me up at the end of the trail and there was of course no cell reception or something like that so I couldn't go back. I also had already passed a super dangerous uh, stream that I really didn't want to cross again. So I had to go forward so I had really had no choice. I just cried myself to sleep and then I cried a little bit in the morning but then I had to continue. And after that I haven't really had a problem with being alone. Um, I still don't really like, you know, the dangerous parts of it, you know, super strong river crossings and stuff like that. So I always, I pretty much start shaking a little bit before all that stuff. But since then, since that breakdown the first time, I haven't really had any problems with the being alone part. Now I just feel like it's a, such an important part of hiking for me because you are one with nature because in society we are so protected but in the wild you really have to fend for yourself and you have to get your water from the creeks and sometimes your only water source is the snow so you have to melt the snow on your stove um, you have to carry you have to put up your shelter you have to hide your food from the bears you have to cross the dangerous river crossings and climb over sharp mounds and stuff like that and if you get hurt there's no one to help you because no one knows where you are and I love that in a way because yeah it can be scary but I love that I am solely responsible of myself and my own life and that is something I sometimes start bringing to my everyday life as well I don't really rely on people and I can do anything I want myself and I think there really is power in being confident on your own because a lot of what is stopping people from pursuing their dreams is other people because they want to travel or get into a new hobby or something like that, but they can't find anyone to do it with them that works 
uh, for the both of them at that time. So when you are, well, I think doing things with other people is really amazing too. But what I'm saying is more like if you are on your own, if you're fine on your own and doing things alone, your possibilities are endless. Yes. It's interesting. Your story is such a powerful metaphor for me. And I feel like the things that you've proven to yourself out in the wild just have to stay with you and give you such strength. And I think you're right. Like I hadn't thought about it that much, but there are so many things that we don't do because we're afraid to do them alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it is very limiting, um, whether it's just like scheduling something or finding someone who's going to try something new and brave with you. Yeah. There is such power, I'd imagine, in, in just taking it for yourself and doing it for yourself and then probably finding more people along the way because you'll make more connections that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people usually think I'm the strangest person they have ever met. <laughs> but I think it's the biggest compliment, compliment ever. I get so happy every time somebody says that uh, because so many people are so afraid of being different and mm -hmm. thinking for themselves and being weird or whatever. Uh, but I love being on my own. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. If I want to go hiking right now when it's 11 in the evening, I can just go away. I can stay out for five days with uh, my tent and a little bit of food. And I can do that. But if I wanted to go with a friend, I would have to plan like six months in advance. It would be such a hassle to get everything like sorted out. So it really it gives my life so much to be able to do things on my own because I couldn't do them with other people in the way I want to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I'm so inspired. <laughs> so do you find yourself doing that often? Do you, do you kind of work that muscle and like if you decided tonight to just go off, would you, if you wanted to? Yeah, pretty much. I did that last weekend uh, when I I graduated, then I went working that day and the morning after, and then I realized that if nobody calls me right now, I can just go away for three days. So I just packed the food I had in my pantry, in my backpack, and fixed everything and just went away that same hour. Now, that wasn't a hike that I liked very much <laughs> for several reasons, uh, but it's such a freedom to be able to do that, just decide something and then say, okay, I'm going to do it and not just think about it and then end up watching a movie on the couch and then losing a day because of that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and so what do you do with your horse? I'm curious with all this. Uh, he is boarded at a place, but he lives in a 24 seven turnout. Um, so in the winter, the owner of the stable feeds them three times a day uh, but now in the summer they just eat grass and they recently came out on the big fields uh, so uh, he has plenty of activities and stuff to do on his own so I can pretty much leave him whenever I want. I love that too because he's just getting to be a horse um, and he's just fully fulfilled as he is. Yeah exactly. 
when do you think this mindset changed? Because you've said that um, you've been like this since you were really young, but have you always been like this? Or do you feel like something happened that kind of shifted your perspective? Well, like I said, it was about when I was 13 years old. I remember I had this, I don't really remember what it's called now, but it was a website that you could share photos on. It was a type of social media, uh, but it was back in the day. Um, and I had a few people that I followed uh, that started making this shift and they started appreciating nature and writing about nature and freedom and all that stuff. And it kind of like, it was like one rock that started like a huge slide. I started thinking about all the stuff, but also about like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. I have to change. Um, and like, why am I so normal and why do I do all these things just because society tells me to so I pretty much started questioning everything and I think of course it took a while but I think maybe when I was 15 years old I think I had undergone undergone that change that I wanted to happen in my life and since then I've pretty much been the same of course you evolve all the time but since I changed my mindset about so many things when I was so young, it's been so natural for me the last couple of years. That's wonderful. You said that, you know, like the airports are something that scares you and that you try to do the things that scare you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious if there's, are there other things that if you like meet a fear in yourself that you have decided to go for, like even in just everyday life that if something scares you, do you sort of chase after that? Yeah. Yeah, there's pretty much, I always say to people, I have three, three fears or phobias. And those three, I'm never going to change. But all the other fears, like fear of heights or fear of being in the thundra in the winter all alone with like just myself and my skis and stuff like that. Uh, or like s being scared of spiders or uh, scared of like calling someone on the phone, you know, stuff like that. I always, when I, when I discover a fear within myself, I always try to fix that and not just fix it in a way like I suppress it, but I really try to work through it and try to figure out why am I afraid of this? And if there is a like reasonable explanation like okay I'm afraid of this because it is very dangerous then I just try to like gain experience in that field so that I can handle that situation better in the future. And do you usually find that the fears kind of start to go away as you dive into them or as you explore them more? Yeah definitely. Uh, most of things you're afraid of are usually things that you don't really like um, so I don't really pursue the things I'm afraid of after I've overcome the fears because I usually don't <laughs> like those things anyway. But like, uh, like I did this winter, I just realized, I think I was watching like TV series or something. I think it was Game of Thrones when they were beyond the wall. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I realized within myself that being alone in like 
no nothing but snow and ice. No shelter, no trees, no like rocks to hide behind or put your, put your tent up behind. That would be so terrifying. And I was so terrified of that, especially being alone, because it's different being alone in nature because you're surrounded with life. It's a different kind of life than you're experienced in the, you know, normal society maybe, uh, but it's still life. And like on the tundra in the winter, it's so quiet. You're so alone. And I was so scared of that. So I went on a two-day trip with my skis. I did it and I didn't like it at all. But I'm not scared of that kind of thing at all anymore. And I could do it in the future if um, something about it changed. Like I would do it with another person or it had a purpose. I was going somewhere or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's just so, so awesome. <laughs> I was thinking, like, I have a, a fear of, like, phone calls. <laughs> I'm like, you're just, like, going beyond the wall and, like, hanging, like, like surviving in the lifeless <laughs> snowy desert. Yeah. And I'm like, phone calls. <laughs> I actually had that fear for a long time, too. I still have it, like, sometimes. But I think it's a very reasonable fear. Yeah, I think it's more common than, especially among, like, kind of people our age I'm like yeah. <laughs> and, and I've tried to like push myself through it and I think um that's been really good you know to just kind of like do it you know do it yeah. and do it do it until it's not a big yeah. deal but yeah there, there's something about even just like the ordinary things like that that I feel like I've definitely hid from them before and yeah. it's certainly not empowering to do that and, you know, that's the sort of thing where a phone call is definitely not a life-threatening event, usually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just knowing you can also handle a phone call is certainly empowering compared yeah, exactly. to being terrified of it. Yeah, I think if I compared my fear of uh, some things like in nature, some things that are actually dangerous to like the fear I used to have, yeah, fear of phone calls and stuff like that, I think my fear of phone calls would actually be greater. <laughs> yeah even though, right? <laughs> yeah when you compare them it's like what but um <laughs> I think social anxiety and stuff like that it's uh, so much it goes so much deeper within you than like the kind of like natural fears that mm -hmm. you that are more like you know what they are and how to solve them yeah I think because a lot of times they have to do with our self-esteem or with yeah. our are like in inherent self-worth in a lot of ways yeah. and that's such a can be such a deeply rooted fear of not belonging or of and somehow you know like it doesn't seem like it could be this with a phone call but it could even go to the level of not being lovable if you're you know yeah, if you mess exactly. up on the phone and you're really yeah. worried about that yeah but I'm actually very surprised that you have that fear because I always I've always thought that you have such a way with words in a way that I think it's pretty unusual especially when you're writing but also when you're speaking like I've heard on your podcast and I think it's so impressive and I actually when I used to be more active on Instagram and I read your posts more like regularly I would actually print screen that print screen them a lot of times and just save them on my phone so I could read them later because you couldn't really copy on Instagram back then um, because I thought they were so amazing like this girl she has such a gift of 
not only like writing but also like speech and how she can express herself oh i i really appreciate that that means a lot to me um i think i think the podcast was actually a good experiment with fear because i'm very comfortable writing and i love writing and a lot of time when i am writing i'm very much someone who writes in the in hearing it as though it's being told you know, like kind of talking yeah. as though I'm speaking out loud. But the fear of kind of public speaking was something that I had at a really young age. And I, um, that seemed like a very terrifying thing. And when I started teaching clinics and lessons, I, I kind of just like, f- like faked it till I made it in a way in the beginning where yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I can do a clinic. And then I'd be in, in front of a big group of people and I'd have to speak and I would just pretend like, I wasn't terrified and pretend like I'd been doing it for so long, um, which in the beginning I definitely hadn't. And I got more comfortable that way for sure and just kind of jumping in. And I think when I wanted to do the podcast, it was one of those things that I love podcasts so much and I love listening to them. And it was just such a dream, like, what if I just had my own? And then I realized that's going to involve a lot of actual talking. (laughs) And, And I was like, but you know what? Like, that's totally okay because if I do want to be some sort of public speaker, which now I'm realizing is somewhat of a dream of mine, I have to just do it and I have to jump in. And it was scary, but it gets easier and easier every time. I I really appreciate you saying that because it just, yeah, it's something I've actually like (laughs) kind of just jumped in and worked on. (laughs) Yeah. I really think that when, it comes to that kind of stuff it really is like fake it till I make it because that's exactly how I came over mine like phone anxiety and stuff like that that's yeah that's pretty much well it's super ridiculous but it's it's so real when you're when you have it so I completely understand <laughs> I'd really love to know a little bit more also about what you've learned out in nature and the lessons you've kind of taken home from that because I really feel in you the type of wisdom that I think comes from really embodying and experiencing the natural world on such a personal level. And I can hear it in you. It's like (laughs) magnetic to me. And I would just love to know like if there's anything you have to share about your, about your experiences out there or what you've learned. Yeah. I think there are different lessons. You learn some things about yourself and then you, since you have so much time to think all the time, you learn a lot of like the world. Um, but you also learn things about like what is possible. I've always been a very like comfortable person. Uh, like if I went traveling or something, I wanted like to stay in a nice hotel and that kind of stuff. So when I kind of realized I can just put my home in a backpack and go wherever I want, it was such a liberating feeling. So I definitely brought that back into my everyday life that I'm not really bound to anything except my horse and where he is. I feel like when you're all alone, you take in everything so much better uh, and you remember your experience experience for what it is and not for what someone else put in your mind or what you were talking about at that time. 
it's difficult to explain, but I think living with the only worries you have are your very like natural instincts. Like, can I find shelter for the night? Can I uh, get water? Uh, and where do I get my food? Like for me, the resupplies when I go hiking and that kind of stuff. So it goes down to very basic things. Like don't fall on trail and don't uh, spook a bear or something and get eaten by it. <laughs> so I feel like when I come back from a long hike, it's always so strange because I'm so caught up in all this like I've only listened to my natural in instincts for like a super long time and now I have to think about all these other things like um, you know TVs <laughs> like why do we, mm -hmm. we have them it feels so unnecessary like phones I don't really use it when I'm out hiking so when I come back and have a charge and everything I'm like why do I need this and why do we need a car I can walk why do I need a bed I can just uh, blow up my air mattress everything feels like a luxury mm -hmm. and I also feel like well I don't need this at all why do I have it and that kind of takes maybe two weeks for me to adapt to like society again I feel like you become like a wild animal that's being put back into society and you have to adapt. Um, it's always sad, but it's mostly just strange uh, because you realized all this stuff. You have been through all these amazing things and then you come back and nothing really changed. Um, but I think something that has... I've definitely used uh, something that I've learned from hiking is with horses and I feel like it really has helped me to connect with horses when I understand what it's like to live with only your basic needs when you only think about uh, safety and food and water and maybe interacting with some someone sometime um, so I totally understand my horse and other horses when they you know they don't care about performance they don't care about the sometimes the activities we make up for them and stuff like that they just they go on living only thinking of their basic needs and i can kind of relate to that because before like when i would let my horse just eat it was mostly to reward him because of something uh, but now it's like, okay, if he goes away eating somewhere, I can just sit in the grass and I can have, I can feel just as much as joy as he's probably feeling just from sitting there in nature and experiencing the, the same things that he is instead of sitting with my phone and waiting for him. Like when, he, when is he going to be done, you know? Yeah. Oh, I feel you so much on that. Is that something where you've seen a shift in your relationship with your horse? Or is it something more where you feel like you've opened up to what was already there? Well, it's a... I'm not really sure. But um, I've definitely seen a shift in our relationship. But I also did my like personal transformation just before I got him. So it's always like 
been with me with this horse. Um, Mm-hmm. But it's definitely gotten stronger, and I've gotten more aware of it uh, over the years. But I definitely, I notice that he notices that I understand him better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because even if I act the same, he understands that I understand him better, and not just pretending to understand him. Uh, and it's a it's a fuzzy answer, but I uh, I don't know. No, I feel you on it. I feel like I, like, progressing through life, keep coming back to some of the same topics, but only with, like, a deeper new understanding each time. Yeah. And something like the concept of freedom, you know, what I thought of that five years ago versus what I'm pondering about freedom now is different. And I feel like it's just getting deeper. And it wasn't that my ideas on freedom five years ago were wrong. They were very authentic for that time. But it just keeps getting, you know, to a new level and a new level. And and I feel like in some ways it's always going to be that way, that we come back to these, you know, kind of big topics and big ideas with new understanding all the time. And your experience of really connecting to the wild in this way is something that I feel so inspired and so drawn to right now. And like personally, I feel like I'm going through a really big shift right now and a really big change in myself and with the horses and letting go. And like you said, in the very beginning of this podcast, being able to go with that flow and not have resistance to holding on to what once was or what used to bring me a lot of joy and letting it just be more fluid like water, I think is something that's so important for me right now. And, and hearing you talk about it is almost, it's, it's not that I don't need permission, but it's almost like every time we hear other people doing the things that we feel inspired by, it just gives us a little bit more of an, a nudge in that direction. And so I really appreciate talking to you and and hearing about your experience and I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to that maybe not everyone's journey is going into the wild and you know camping out and being self-sustaining even though that sounds like it'd be like freaking awesome for everyone (laughs) Um, but there are so many other realms that take our courage and so many different changes and so many different of our own journeys, like our own hero's journey in a way that takes courage to get there in the same way that I think you have such courage in, in chasing after the things you're scared of, but also chasing after the things that you want. So I, I find it very inspiring hearing you. <laughs> Long story short, <laughs> short, short. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> it's important because like you said, it can really help to talk to somebody else that has undergone like a similar transformation uh, to become something that you want to be yourself or something like that. But I also think it's important to like feel that you can also do it on your own. Like you looking to others for ideas is super amazing and social media has allowed us to do that it's so accessible, it's super easy, and it's so amazing. Um, 
but also like you don't have to feel like you need somebody's help to do it mm-hmm. in a way like um if you want to do something and you don't know how to do it you can just do it and figure it out um i feel like some people are a little bit like careful with trying new things and they want to figure it all out before and they want to connect with people that has done it before but you can also just decide to do something and do it and you're totally free to do it that way as well that's fantastic and that's so true (laughs) i feel and you know that's nice permission because i feel like sometimes we just need something external to give us the permission to to do the things that we want you yeah. know without having to be perfect and and sometimes it's nice to hear that for people from other people even just you know on a podcast like you have permission to go <laughs> be your full self but we can always give ourselves that yeah exactly we can always choose it oh there i feel like i could go on and on with this with you because <laughs> we're just getting into these places of ah that i just love you know, following your true freedom and doing things that you want to do out of like pure inspiration and, and really shedding off the fear of, of really it's trying things that are new because I think we're so afraid to be perfect and we're so afraid of not doing them right when really no one really knows what we're doing. You know, like no one really knows how to do life. (laughs) So the idea that there's one way it's, it's our own delusion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not dangerous to try new things. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, and just do them, pretty much. It's so much easier than people think. Yeah, just do it. Do it. Yeah. It's, it's like so much harder than we think, but also so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for talking with me today. It's It's been absolutely wonderful for me. I just love this, and I've loved talking to you. And I know that like social social media is totally not an important thing and and you know, you'll only do it as much as you feel inspired to, but just know that you have someone who's watching and really excited and your account <laughs> actually inspires me a ton. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for letting me be on. You have been such an inspiration to me, not only in like horse uh, horse things over the years, but also other fields and it's so been so amazing to talk to you thank you so if people want to find you or they want to find your photography where can they look uh i have an instagram it's called songs of the wild and i pretty much post when i have pictures (laughs) i don't really use it for anything more than putting up whatever i want whenever i want (laughs) amen awesome Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. Although actually this is the 15th episode, which is when this podcast was supposed to end for season one. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. But you, you know, I, I'm still haven't decided whether I'm going to extend this podcast to a yearly, just weekly thing um, consistently, or if I'm going to try to keep it in seasons, but I'm just going to proclaim right now. I'm just going to do it that season one is going to be extended for the time being. I don't have the numbers yet, but it's extended. Yay. <laughs> so I will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.